Adventist Radio London, inspiration for the soul. Welcome to Talking Point with Ray, Senya, Pedro, Angela, discussing the hot topics and answering your questions. Saturdays 5 to 7 p.m. on Adventist Radio London. It's Talking Point. It's Talking Point. It's Talking Point. It's Talking Point. Real conversations you need to have. Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome to Talking Point. I apologise, we've started a little late, a um, few technical difficulties, but we are here. Um, I'm here in the studio, it's Angela, um, and today I am joined by Xenia, my trusty co host. Um, sadly, my other co-host is joining us, but won't be hearing much from him. He unfortunately has a bit of a cold, um, or maybe flu, or dare I say the C word. Let's hope it's not that. But um, yes, Pedro, hopefully you get better soon. Um, yeah, we'll miss your dulcet tones coming through the radio now. But well, welcome. I hope you've all had a really good Sabbath. Um, and you are here locked in with us and ready to hear a really good show today um i hope you've all had a good week um and yeah here we are so we're gonna get started um we'll say hello to everybody in a second but let's start off by um, having a word of prayer Father God, I want to thank you for blessing us with the Sabbath day, dear Lord, and I thank you that we have the opportunity to be on the radio to share a word um, and share some information. And I pray, dear Lord, that what we're going to be talking about today will be a blessing to someone. Um, we're touching on one of our topics that we often talk around mental health um, and how we, that can that can things that we do can impact them and make a big difference. I thank you, dear Lord, for blessing us, and yes, bless our show today. This is my prayer. Amen. Amen. So. Zedia, how are we? I am well. Feeling a bit rushed today. Um, just jumping from one to the next. But I thank God for life, thank God for the Sabbath, thank God for bringing me through another week. So, in all, I am well. And has your week <laughs> been a. to say, yeah. I'm well. Uh, has, has your week been a busy well, one? It has been, it has been. But, um, when is it not, is the question, as you, I mean, we've been saying it so often that it's become the word of, of, of the month, the year, really, um, how busy and, and hectic and tired. And just how quick time <laughs> is going as well, um, which is, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, every week we say this, oh, we're here again. And it's like, yeah, uh -huh. how was seven days passed already? Um, but um, yeah, but thankful. I mean, same with me, busy as always. Um, mm -hmm. It feels like I've been without my car actually this week. And interestingly enough, I'm not averse to public transport, but I realise how much having a car often makes a difference. Everything's taken a lot longer than I'd normally would normally oh, yeah. do, and you know I'm probably miscalculating some of my time frames as well. So taken a lot longer, um, but you know, yeah, it's not been a bad week. Um, I know we always talk about the weather. Um, it's been a bit of a mixed bag again, although we've had a bit of a some nice weather this week which has been surprising for October. Um, but you know, the last few days, it's been a bit raining, but today on my way, I actually saw a rainbow today, which uh, always makes go. me really happy. Um, a reminder. You know, and yes, so it's definitely a reminder cold. that God, I know. It, yeah, it's definitely turned. 
I'm liking the kind of crispness of the air yeah. with the sunshine. Yeah. Um, not so much with the rain. I got caught out in the rain, I think, on actually yesterday. And yeah, I, that's what Pedro was saying as well, wasn't yeah. it? That he, he was caught in it and possibly has caught himself a call as yeah. a consequence. So just for people to be wary. This weather is difficult to dress for, difficult to maneuver in. Because you think, oh, yeah, it's going to be warm. It's not. You think it's going to be bright. It's not. But typical weather, isn't it, though? Yeah, <laughs> it definitely is. <laughs> told. Um, yes. So we're going to jump right in. Um, So today we are going to be talking um, and highlighting this week it was World Mental Health Day on Tuesday. Um, And, you know, we like to talk about, definitely want to, you know, have the conversation going about mental health um, of all sorts. And, you know, mental health, the theme this year was that, you know, mental health is a human right for everyone. uh, And, you know, we all have mental health and we're really trying to promote good positive mental health and looking at ways and how you can look after yourself there are obviously having said all of that it's a universal right but there are disparities around mental health in terms of different groups different ethnicities etc more probably we speak probably a lot about how mental health impacts young people and children Um, the high levels of mental health maybe not so spoken about in terms with men especially Mm Um, different groups and what have you but an area that we're going to touch on today is actually with seniors Um, I know we were having a chat about this in terms of the golden years or the twilight years I was told yesterday and I was like okay so mental health and well-being the twilight years Um, Uh which sometimes isn't really spoken about as much um, unless it's to do with an illness I think as people get older you know it's you know our bodies I suppose are breaking down you know, can't do the things that we maybe used to do when we were younger. Having said that, that's what we sometimes is a perception. However, actually, you know, there are many older people who, you know, they're thriving, they're doing things from day to day, and mental health is still just as important to them. So today, we've got a couple of guests on with us today who've joined us. Uh, one we may, listeners may recognise and know already because she's joined the show before. Um, we've got... Dorothy Elliott on, um, one of our resident therapists and counsellors. And we've also, she recently ran a project um, at Ballam Church for, they have a senior citizens group called the Autumn Rose Club. Um, Now as a member of Ballam, I'm going to champion this one. So, but it was really interesting that they've done this. Now the Autumn Rose Club has been going for many years and we've got one of the co-founders on with us today, Joan Robinson, so we hear a little bit from her in a second. Um, but I found it really interesting, um, and we'll, I'll get Dorothy to talk a little bit about um, the team that she leads over at Ballum and why something like that's really important, but also then how they are working with different groups, whether it's in the church or within the community as well. Um, so we're gonna hear from them shortly. I'm gonna play a quick track. Um, I picked another one that one of my favourite songs. I'm mean, I quite like Kirk Franklin generally, but um, I'm going to play "I Smile" because I saw a rainbow coming in. Always makes me feel happy. Always brings a smile. Something that I haven't seen for a long time. So we'll start with that, and then we'll come back and we'll get this conversation going. So um, "I Smile" by Kirk Franklin. I dedicate this song to recession depression and unemployment 
So smile, oh, oh, oh. Dallas. You look so much better when you're 
want you to be happy, cause then you gotta have something happening. I want you to have joy, cause can't nobody take that from you. <laughs> I see you, smile. Kat Franklin, I smile, um, and definitely smiling is definitely a, a good thing to be doing. Um, definitely, if you're well, in fact, actually smiling and laughing is actually very good for your well-being. Releases what I would always call those happy hormones, but the serotonin and dopamine. Um, so definitely, whatever brings you joy, do more of that, and let's see those smiles. Um, so, Cynthia, we're talking today a little bit about mental health in relation to older. Um, I'm trying to think what's the term actually we should be using senior citizens seniors but I also I know when I was talking to um, Joan yesterday calling it the twilight years or the golden mm-hmm. years um, you know for many people they sort of see this as the best years of their life that may be that, that could be questionable possibly but because um, things obviously do very different but um, so I, what I'm I hope do, I have that perspective when I'm Yes, totally. Totally. <laughs> Getting there. And I often sense, I know, you know, I know, hopefully, God willing, I've got years to come. But I know sometimes I say that ageing is real um, and it comes around very quickly. But with that said, you know, if, you know, if you're living well, staying healthy, you can be thriving into your senior years as well. So, so we have our guests on today. Like I said, we've got um, Dorothy in the studio with us and we've got one of the co-founders of the Autumn Rose Club. Um, Joan Robinson, who I'm going to bring on now just to kind of introduce herself and just tell us a little bit about um, the club itself, um, a little bit of the history. Um, yes, yeah, so welcome, Joan. Thank you so much for joining us and, you know, taking your time out this evening. Um, and how are things with you and how's your week been? Okay, where do I start? How's my week been? Yeah, how are you? Tell us, a little bit, tell us a little bit about you and how you've been. <laughs> I've been fine, very busy as always. Yeah. Um, occupied with various commitments, as most of us are with our family members and um, siblings and church and work. But thankfully, I'm not in paid work. Well, not 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 for finance anyway. Okay. But um, so, <laughs> but it feels as though that I've never really retired. But I'm giving thanks. Okay. And um, this opportunity is really. Um, made me very nervous actually oh, but I'm here <laughs> please don't be um you know we'd like to think on talking yeah. point it's like having a discussion amongst friends um right yes we are on the airways okay. people are listening um but you know um yeah just yeah, yeah. Just talk away so so thank you for that so tell us a little bit about the autumn rose club now as a member of Ballam church I know of the motor autumn rose club um I understand it's been going for a long time. So tell us a little bit about the club, um, how it started and why it started. Um, Because I know you're one of the co-founders. Okay. So the club has been going now for over 20 plus years. Mm. It started with um, some seniors who felt that um, they didn't have any form of involvement in the community other than coming to church or doing their shopping Mm -hmm. and um, as a fairly new person in the church I was taken under their wings as the mothers of Zion yeah and they would often invite me to their birthday parties and various other things and um, 
I didn't feel that I had enough in relation with them, apart from the fact that they were um, initiating me into the church life. And because I'm coming from an Anglican background, they were interested to know what made me chose to give up my previous Christian religion and come to the Seventh-day Adventists. Mm. So from that, we got talking and um, they were disappointed that the church didn't provide any social activities for the seniors. And so, so individual homes became the place of socializing, which was great. And I loved it because I got to learn so much about the seniors. So when I see them in church on Sabbath, whilst they were mother in Zion, they were also my spiritual guardian, just like I am to other people. So from that, um, I remember thinking, how can we reach out for their needs? And one of the challenges that I was given was to do a survey in the church. And I did the survey and ironically, Dorothy was one of the instrumental person okay. in that research that we did, you know, and they, it, it took many information gathering with the church members and getting it on the church board agenda to be discussed and agreed. And eventually it did get on the um, agenda and it took a lot of debate and they did agreed for us to have um, a club. However, at the time, they were mainly concerned with where would the club be if it is part of the church? Mm. And um, at the time, we were into our building project, Balham Church's building project, and we didn't have any washroom facilities apart from the porter cabins that we had outside. And we didn't have any um, canteen facilities either. So um, what we did was we said we would only have the activities inside the, what was, it wasn't a gym, but it was the most suitable place that we could occupy very briefly. And that's where it started. And then we got together again to choose a name. Okay. And again, that took a number of research. So it wasn't any one person who, who um, chose it. So the name became Autumn Rose Club because it represented, um, someone said, the sunset, when the sun sets in the evening. So it, it's like um, twilight years. Oh, right, yeah. So that was where, that's where the twilight years came from. And some of the individuals, I'd love to name them because they were so instrumental. One of them was um, Dorothy's mother, Sister Anderson, mm -hmm. and another Anderson, they all re related. Um, Errol's mom. I don't know if you all know Errol Anderson, his mom. Okay. And yeah. um, and then and a number of other brother Mumphrey's senior, and oh my gosh, I can't think of all their names now. But the same eight persons, Joyce Hilton, right, who came together and made it all happen. Um, we've been the same eight committee ever since till this day, apart from those who were not alive, of course. And so I'd like to um may their soul continue to rest in peace. Yes. And then Sister Paige as well, and Sister Messiah. Mm. You know, these are the people who were instrumental in making this all happen. And at the time I was Women Ministries leader and Sister Bennett, how could I forget Sister Bennett? Because she, Sister Bennett was the one who came to me initially to ask if I would like to, to lead out in it. And then from there, I'm going backwards now because I'm mm. trying to remember 
off the top of my head how it all went. But it took a lot of planning, a lot of um, persuading, and um, how we were going to run the club and which day of the week it would happen. So it's changed over the over the years. I think we used to have on a Thursday, then it, it become on a Tuesday. It's been a Tuesday now for a very, very long time. Right. And um, we used to have between 30 and 50 members. And it, it was um, about 30, 30 ladies and about 10 men, sometimes 12 okay. men. And the men would only play dominoes and they wouldn't <laughs> do any of the cooking, any of the anything. Yeah. So dominoes was their baby. Yeah. And that's one of the, the, the things that happened. And um, here we are 23 plus years later, wow. you know, and the, the major setback that we've had is with, um, it's with COVID back right. in 2019, early 20. And um, we continued online for, for nearly two years, okay. which was great. Yeah. And, and Shall I, shall I stop there? Yeah, no, that's cool. Because I was going to say, it's interesting you brought in about COVID because I was wondering, obviously, the key thing there, from what I can see, you, you decided to put it together because it's a way of everybody coming together. There wasn't anything mm-hmm. for the seniors. And I guess mm-hmm. one of the was one of the main things then for you to kind of keep those connections going outside of church. So you've got mm-hmm. other things that you do. So what kind of activities and things did you sort of, would, you, would the club, would the members be doing? at the club right so so we did a lot of um activities exercise was the main thing to, to because they felt that they didn't get any um they didn't have the opportunity to have any physical reason to leave their home other than if they go shopping or to come out to church right so the, the exercise was one of the their priority the next thing was to do with their spiritual needs and their mental needs and um, we were one of the first group that connected with the community and we put on um, Alzheimer's workshop, mm. workshop on Alzheimer's okay. back then, because Alzheimer's was the first area of mental health allergies. Right. Yeah. And, and they focus on seniors. And um, we have a recording, which we, I think we ought to get it out of the archive and, and show it to see how far we've come and what yeah. was happening back then. You know, and we're still with that um, community group now as well. Okay. And they've been supporting, supportive of our activities and um, help us with um, access fundings as well right. to keep the club going. And it's been quite interesting over the years, you know, to, to see where we've come from and where we're going to go. Because with, with um, COVID, we didn't think it would survive. Right. You know, especially when we, it took so long to get them into the technology being seniors. Right. Then we got them active and want to do it. And then they had to come offline right. and go back in persons, which has taken a long time. Yeah. But what has made it more viable at the moment is partnering with Dorothy with the mental health and well-being okay. um, uh, department and that has really created an interest so that people have other ways of talking. So right. once whilst they were happy to come for the exercise session, they were not challenging with the interactive part of their life. Right. Because they, they said they didn't see anyone. Not some, some of their family members, yes, but anyone outside of church, I never saw them until from one Sabbath to the next. Right. 
So that, that was their main concern. So we used to have prayer session as well, and we still do. And one of the things that we were praying for was to get the young people to join up with, with us. But it's taken so long because um, there were different reasons why it's taken this long. Mm -hmm. But the main thing was um, the young people who we approached, I don't think they were ready for people to know. And the young, I'm talking about those who are in their 50s. Mm. That's, that's who I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they would say, oh, we don't want anyone to know that we're 50. You know, so right. we're not going to say. Because when we started, it was 60 plus. Right. Then when we wanted more help because the seniors, who, who at the time, some of them were 70 mm. and 80, you know. And um, I was their baby at the time to them, right? So the, the other members in the church who were in, in approaching 60, didn't want anyone to know that they were 60. So we said, all right, let's put it down to 50 then. And right. that was how we changed it from 60 to 50. And now they wanted to change again, but I'm not sure what's going to happen. But as long as it continues, I really don't care. Yeah. Well, I, I don't care. I do care that um, it will still continue in a progressive and positive way. Of course but not sort of regress and going back to not being um, available to people. Right. You know, it, we want it to be relatable and to be interactive and we just love for more men to come. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Joanne, you've, you've just to, to jump in because uh, you said a lot there and as you're talking, I'm, I'm wanting to unpack a bit of what you've said. Um, firstly, you talk about there being some difficulty in getting the project or the club off the ground. Um, I've got to start there because I want to know if you're to give advice to others who may be thinking of doing something like this, what mm. are some of the hurdles that they might expect and how do they overcome them? Um, you're saying that it was it took a while to get onto the board. That surprises me. Get, it took a long, a while to be approved. What are some of the things that they should look out for? Um, because I think this is such an amazing project, an amazing club. It really should be wider spread. I quite agree with you on that. But um, what we need to bear in mind is that the church, in its um, in its priority learning, mm. has come a long way. Because okay. when we started this, it wasn't the done thing. Okay. You know, they, they just concentrated on the spirituality. Hmm. So they didn't see the need for um a club separate to the church. Okay. Yeah, so 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 we've come a long way from that. And also why it took a long time is the um objections because as you know, we are all human beings and still there are some people who won't move with, with mm -hmm. changes. You know, they, they are set in their ways and until they see things happening, they won't support it. Right. So a lot of us and we as um as our culture, we won't support things until we see it, its progression mm -hmm. and how much it's it's happening, how much people are bought into it. So at the time as well, the other challenges was um, it's not the done thing, what kind of club it would be. And also, there were some seniors who were still around saying that we've already had a club and it, it just fizzled out after right. a little while. It didn't last. So why do you think that our club would last? 
And I said, I don't know why your club didn't last, but our club last will last because we are serious about it. Mm-hmm. And the women ministry was just about getting um, recognition as well, mm-hmm. you know. So it seemed like God has brought me to church for, for starting things. Amen. But not just starting it and leaving it because I'm a determined person in the sense of when I start something, I want to see it start and finish. Yes. And if it's not to finish, it must start and thrive to, yes. to continue. Yeah. And so that- we've got to also, so in, in, a, in another answer to your question, with current their current day culture and people, in order to get people to buy into a new practice or a new vision, um, lobbying, not like the politicians do, but talking to people of like mind right. in order to let them see what it is that you're trying to do. That it's not about changing the, the spirituality of the church or mm-hmm. being an um, offshoot. It's about meeting people's needs because Christ met people's needs in all areas of their life. Mm-hmm. And, and and oftentimes when, when um, in the church, you know, people used to feel that, oh, the sermon is all I got, and some sermons didn't even do it for me. Yeah, and I'm home, and my children may not be in the church. So what do I do? Who do I talk to? You know. So so those are the things. So we we need to be mindful of those things, and it's not about forcing people to accept what you what you are trying to achieve, but to let them see the benefit and the reason why you're doing it. That is, you know, it's selfless. It's not because you want to promote self but because you really care. Amen. Amen. I love that. And as you were just talking there, Joan, in terms of, you know, who you are as a person, that I forgot to mention at the beginning, it's also Black History Month. And the theme is celebrating our sisters. So Um, I think it's really lovely, again, that we have two women who are making a difference and an impact in our communities, mm -hmm. both church and outside in our local areas as well. So, um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, so that ties in beautifully with that as well. Um, So I'm going to go to Dorothy now just to talk a little bit about um, the team that she leads over at Balham. Um, It's a new initiative that she set up. Um, So I just want to hear about that. And then we'll talk a little bit about how the two have linked together Autumn Rose, as you, obviously you've done some kind of projects around mental health, but especially after COVID, I guess there's many challenges that came from that as to where we're going to go there. So Dorothy, how are we today? Um, well, thank you. Um, yeah, the weather's been beautiful. It's not, it's been as hot as maybe we'd like, but I think it's been really, once I see the sun, I'm happy and we've seen the sun yeah, yeah. and we've seen the rain and we felt the breeze, but I'm grateful had a great day um, this morning in church, and I'm here in the studio, which is a first. Yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> yes, it's always nice to have the company, so um, that's fantastic. So, Dorothy, now, just for listeners who may not have heard you before, tell us a little bit about yourself and um, what you do, and then tell us a bit about the, the team that you lead at Balham. Okay, so, um, yeah, my name's Dorothy. I am a psychotherapist um, over 20-odd years, nearly 30 years. Um, mainly practice within education, university, colleges. Right now I have a private practice. I go into organizations and do workshops and talk about on different topics. Um, let's talk about the church. For this year, 18 months ago, Balham Church started a mental health and well-being 
department, which I'm heading and really, really excited to do this because I think it's something that the church needs. Um, it's really important about our safety and giving people a safe space. So what we yeah what we've done at Balham is try to get into each department of the church. We felt it was really important not to be a standalone project, but something that is in we get involved with each department. It's entwined. So we were very, very keen to work with the Autumn Rose Club. One of the reasons, as Joan said, the Autumn Rose Club really was beneficial for my mother. My dad used to say he kept her out of problems. He knew where she was on a Tuesday. And she built up some really good friendships. So that was one of the main things. Other than going to church on a Sabbath, there's some really solid friendships Um and people in the community which she otherwise probably would not have was met with and spoken to so I was really keen to work with the um, senior members of our church and it was how do we get to it so let's do this and so um, I had an idea to do six weeks workshop we said start somewhere see how it all works and it was also because I was to speak with Joan and wanted to get involved with Autumn Rose. And we spoke together and we thought, well, what do we need to do to get people more involved, get back after COVID? Mm. And it was to offer them something more than just the exercises. Because we try and do things holistic, their mind, bodies and their soul, spiritual life, phys um, physical health, mental health, really, really important for Autumn Rose and the church at large. So we... Um, came together and thought right yeah let's do something we offered them six workshops what were they on um bereavement loss um difficult communicating financial struggles confusion disconnected from the youth mm. that's initially the workshops we decided to do so with those workshops that you had those those different themes and topics were they ones that you were chosen was it in collaboration or is it something because I guess what was I'm thinking there is are the particular issues or concerns that seem that are the pertinent to seniors or that seniors are facing mm -hmm. I don't know if that's necessarily universal across the board but why are those particular topics so one of the reasons was I had spoken to some of the senior members of Ballow but in my own private practice I was just reflecting on the um, clientele that I had and what they came to me on at a certain age. And those were some of the themes that right. were coming through. That's how I chose those. Okay, okay, cool. So you did six weeks, six weeks. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about how you ran the sessions. Um, okay. So the first week that we started, we actually did seven because the first week we started, we didn't get past the introduction because <laughs> we just said, you know, it was the first exercise I gave them to do um, was just introduce yourself. Um, and I gave them exercise how to do it. And we did it. And, and then, then it was, what is it you want from these workshops? And we just had a whole session because the workshops were only an hour because we thought we wanted, we didn't want to make it too long. Mm. Give them something and they'll want to come back. Yeah. And I just noticed they wanted to talk. Okay. They wanted to talk. They spoke. We had to really manage them.
because they would have just spoken and spoken. What was interesting for me, because the week before I had worked with some teenagers and I did a workshop with them. And then when I came to do with our um, senior members, very similar traits. Oh, interesting. They spoke, okay. they had their phones on, their phone was ringing, nobody was listening to me. <laughs> <laughs> it was really interesting. They, but they liked just being together in that safe place because the thing is um, the mental health team at Ballon we try to create safe places for people to talk so a part of the how we made this safe was it was just them and we offered them what I liked this month as you I think you alluded to mental health week yes yeah it was this World Mental Health Day um, and one of the things as you're talking there the, one of the things that they encourage, and it's come up across several campaigns, is the idea of tea and talk. Mm -hmm. So basically the idea of getting to, I mean, food's always a good thing to bring people together and people mm. like to talk. And food, tea, cake, mm. patties, whatever it would mm. be, um, is often a way to kind of get people comfortable, sit around chatting, it's making those connections. So as you're saying that, that really, yeah, really yeah. brought that to mind. So when Joan and I spoke, we thought, Food's important, a light refreshment, and we offered them a patty and a drink. Okay. And cool. they did like that. They stayed. When we get, it was at the end, we gave them that, and then they could just talk to each other, sit down and talk together. And they really did enjoy that. Cool, cool. So, in terms of how you, how many people attended the sessions now, again, is a, I guess this was a bit of a new, it's a new project that you were doing. Um, what was the interest like generally? Okay. So the first week, um, Joan said that eight people turned up. The second week, it doubled. Oh, wow. Okay. There were 16 and every week it doubled. And the, the, the mm. week it really went, um, we had the largest when we did it on, was it, we did one week on loneliness, is that right, Joan? And then the next was mm -hmm. bereavement and everybody turned out to that. Wow. That was the mm -hmm. most attended one. Yeah. The, the loneliness and bereavement. Mm. That was, mm. we just got, I think the, we had, how much was the um, most we had there? 30, how many, Joe? Yes, we've had 30. Yeah. I think it was over 30, one week as well. Wow. But those yeah. two people were, the, it was amazing, mm -hmm. those two um, workshops. Can I, can I ask, is that just for church? No. Um, elders, or was it open to the community? It was open to the community, and most of the people Majority were... Majority was from the community. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, most of them were from the community, and okay. they came... Because the first but then, week but I they're said... they're not unchurched people. They, they, they go to their own church. Yeah, okay. Most yeah. of them. And the first week I said to them, let's do this thing. Each one bring one. So next week you yeah. come, bring somebody. Okay. And they mm -hmm. did. Yeah. And that's how it grew. Everybody just told yeah, your somebody. Voice is breaking out. I don't know if it's me. Yeah. Everybody told somebody and then we just um came from there and it just grew and grew. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's yeah. it's quite interesting you're saying about loneliness. Loneliness and you know, loneliness has been a big theme, especially after because of COVID. Mm. Um the fact that people were you know, unless you're, you know, you're around people, you have big families and what have you, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's definitely something being highlighted. But I guess for many seniors, mm. you know, um, you talked about bereavement mm. as well, that actually loneliness is a big thing, mm. um, often whether it's partners mm -hmm. or just your friends, because, you know, sadly people pass away and often they're kind of mm. people that they connect with. So I guess, um, so with loneliness, with that as a theme, kind of what was the key things that were coming out 
and from that and then again Joan do jump in there as well um, with any thoughts and then if you've, got, then if you've got any questions yeah do jump in as well but, Joan um, do you want to start? Well, uh, bereavement was high on the list of interest and relevant to most of those who were there but what people were also concerned about was when their children um, leave off to go to university oh, or they, okay. they go and live abroad you know, so they don't have that immediate contact with them. And it was hard for them to get through the COVID period mm. as well, you know. And then there were others who were concerned that they were not getting enough information about um, why they should take the vaccine. And because as we know, coming from the flu area, flu era, mm. um, when we take the flu jab, we know that it's some form of flu that we're taking. Or, or that that's been given to us. So they thought that it's the same to do with the vaccine. So a lot of people who didn't want to come out and still don't want to come out are still fearful because of all that propaganda that has been bantered about. Yeah. So if they had contact with someone who have the knowledge as to, not so much from a scientific background, but just a knowledge to, to come and sit with them and say, this is all it does and this is the reason why. And we've been having vaccine for how many I'm sure if I say 200 years, does anybody can support me in that? I'm, I'm sure we've been having vaccine. Yes, because polio mm. go back that far. Yeah. yeah. So we've been having that happening. So for me, putting that relation to the seniors, help them to understand that it's their choice if they want to take the COVID vaccine or not, you know, and I encourage some of them to, to let them know that any vaccination they take in order for it to, for them not to react too much is to eat um, an egg because of the consistency that they put in the vaccine, the, the, the ingredients that's right. in the vaccine. Yeah. And you might find this funny, but this came from, we discovered this because of, um, my husband, when okay. they were giving him vaccination because of his um, dialysis, he was having adverse effects mm. when he took the, took it. And then we found that it's, it's the ingredients that they put in. Right. And um, egg was something that it could take, you know. Um, yeah. But again, like, it, yeah. but like you said. So, like, so, so that's what affected people's mental health. Right. Yes. That kind of uncertainty. Yeah. And I guess, like you said, having that be able to, and I'm going to come on to this as well in terms of the reassurance of somebody that you can sit there and talk because there's so much chatter going on. But yeah. to have someone yeah. to kind of sit there and go through. But as you were talking about that, the whole idea of trusting, because I can imagine sometimes people, as much as they want to make connections and they want to talk to people, sometimes they're not that comfortable sharing mm. stuff. Mm. So yeah. how yeah. how was how was the the sharing idea? I mean, you said that you like to talk. How was that? Because I guess, how do you build up the trust? How mm. were people trusting in that kind of context? So, because so I was new to the group, they knew Joan. So I was the new person, although everyone kept saying, I know your mother, I knew your mother. <laughs> she was part of it. Yeah. And I said to them, so we did the ground rules. So it was really important for me to set, we want to create this safe space for you. You can say how you want it. Do you want it to get to a certain amount and then you don't want more, any more people coming to the group? But what we did say is, well, everything that says here, we just keep it here mm -hmm. because we want to encourage people to talk. Talk about things that maybe you don't talk to anybody else. Right. This is a place mm -hmm. where you can do it. So each week we just did and 
I, w what I did was break them down sometimes and didn't work in a large group. Okay. So they worked in twos because some people didn't like talking in the large group, right. but they would okay. talk in the, um, when they're talking one-to-one -one with somebody. Right. Each week they spoke and every week I, I shared a little bit more about myself. Okay. And if I shared, then, then encouraging them to share um, and a few other people just, it, it was just creating the atmosphere saying it's confidential. What we say here stays here. It's not for anybody else. And what we found when we were talking about loneliness, it was really hard for people to admit. Mm. I was lonely. Who do I tell that I am lonely? Mm. How does that come to it was empty? Nest syndrome. Yeah, yeah. syndrome. There was that. Some people were saying, oh, I'm glad I've got my own space. And others, you know, there was, I remember one particular member, she was saying, we all thought that because she had people around her, that she was okay. But she wasn't. What mm -hmm. She had lost her partner, her yeah. husband. So she was lonely. Yes, she mm -hmm. may have had children and grandchildren, but she was lonely because she had that partner. Yeah. And that's how it came about as well, you know, and it was about encouraging them to ask for their needs to be met. Right. Find one person that you can say how you really feel. How do you really feel? We talked about when we go to, ch we attend church and we ask people, how are you? And they say they're fine. And I said, if you say you're fine, people are gonna think you're fine and you're not fine. Mm -hmm. So you're not getting your needs met. And how many times, you know, and that we need to look out for each other. So if you see somebody or they do say they're fine, but you can see, because sometimes when you, you can hear somebody, but you can also look at them and they're saying fine, but their face isn't saying yeah. fine. Yeah. So encouraging them to talk to each other, take an interest with each other and to also try and say to people, take responsibility for how you feel and what you share. If you don't ask for things, you might not get it. And then they just started to open up the topics. We asked them as well, what is it you want to talk about? What do you want from us? And we listened to them and we tried to give them what they needed and that encouraged them and they made, oh, so you are interested. Right. Oh, because Joan talks about when Joan started, they said to Joan, we've had a club and it didn't last. And it was the same thing with the, the, the workshops. Well, how long are you here for? How many workshops are you going to do? They wanted to know, are you going to leave us? Mm, okay. That was really important. So it was, uh, it was important to be clear. We're going to initially just do six workshops and then we'll look again and see what we can offer. So we broke it down. We're not saying we're going to do this to you forever. So there was a mm. beginning and an end. So they had that. And once we established that, so even now people are saying, when are you going to do it? Right. Okay. When are you going to offer more mm. of this safe space? We recognize that they wanted that safe space. Okay. Mm -hmm. interesting, interesting statistic that I came across. It says one in four older person um, is living with a mental mm. um, condition, mental health condition, mm. but only 15% will receive NHS mm. um, help. Mm. That's, that's scary. It's very scary. Which means that our, our elders or elderly are out there trying to navigate this on their own. On their own. And mm. um, I just salute you both because this is an excellent um, project. It allows for our, our elders 
to have a space, as you've said, Dorothy, a safe space where they can share their concerns. And if there's anything that's beyond your scope, then I'm certain that you can then sort of signpost them exactly. to where they need to be. So that's that's crucial. Exactly. Yeah. That's what we do. It's given And this is what we've been able to do to to continue with the um the openness and building the relationship because um the one of the first activities that we did not activities um recording that we did for the community was about managing your moods uh-huh. managing the moods of seniors you know especially um from a cultural perspective because what what a lot of the seniors found or rather shared back then about their loneliness and um isolation from church from one week to the other is that when they were at work there was a club at work that they could go to and sit and have a chat and laugh with their friends but at church they don't have that you know so we were able to tap into that and let them realize that um our five senses covers our mental health mm-hmm. and our mental wealth you know so if we don't have the five senses functioning as it ought and basing it on scripture so that we see where the spiritual come as to where the physical come where the emotional lies so mm-hmm. once we were able to do that that time that went on for a whole year that that workshop on and off you know because we we did it in blocks because we didn't want to pressure people into just 12 months of um workshop on mental health mm-hmm. so eating properly was also another area that we focused on right. so um cooking was, was something to to show them that the food you eat is what helps you to be healthy yeah. and then for, for alzheimer's you know it, it was part of what we helped to address at the time so for, to see now that it's been taken up and that we've got the got figures to refer to it's it's a big improvement and this month it's interesting that it is our women's month so we should be congratulating one another for the achievements that we've um Definitely. Been successful at. Definitely. Okay, we're going to take a pause there for some more music. Um, and then when I want to come back, actually, just to kind of talk a little bit about another topic that you did. And I know you had, you've got quite a big team, Dorothy, of various ages um, and different people within the group. Um, and I know you did um, intergener- an intergenerational and communicating with others. So I want to talk a little bit about that. And I've got some feedback. What I did, I spoke to some people who were participants or had been involved in that and got some feedback on that. So I want to share some of that as well. And also hear a bit more um, about some of the other topics that you did um, and the feedback and the impact that you've seen that it's had on people. So um, we're going to go to my um, track now, Moret Brown-Clark, I Just Want to Praise You.
just come to. You've done for me everything that you've done for me. 
resume, Rep Brown Clark. Um, yeah, and again, we're playing. Oh, I've chosen a few sort of uplifting songs um, for this show today um, because, again, music is definitely something good for your well-being. Um, and you know, I'm sure when we think about our seniors, the amount of music they may have heard, listened to, um, yeah, over the years. So definitely um, a well-being practice listening to music. So yes, so Sonia. Um, you have some other questions you're going to go to. Well, well I just wanted to uh, unpack a little bit about the topics that were discussed. There's some really heavy topics, I feel, like bereavement, mm. loss. What were some of the issues that were raised or some of the solutions that came out of those discussions? Because it'd be interesting to hear from you for those who weren't there, but are elders themselves or carers. Mm. Mm. Uh, what what were some of the things that came out of those those discussions mm. that might be useful? Mm. I'm mindful as I speak. What one of the things we said is what we say here stays here, and any of them could be listening to this. And I don't want them to think, oh, she's going to talk, whatever. Well, yeah? in, well, in terms no, 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 of solutions, gonna, I mean, what? Yeah, what, yeah. How yeah. do we um, tackle bereavement and, yeah. and help our seniors through? You know these these periods of loss because as we age, that's that's kind of the stage of life where we're at, where we see more loss and more more death in our in our own circle. Our circle changes mm -hmm. because of that. Mm -hmm. We're no longer working, etc. So mm -hmm. and people move away, even not to die, but just move away. Mm -hmm. Interests change. So there's a lot of different um, change that happens at that stage in our lives. And how mm -hmm. how do we support? our elders or mm. how do our elders support themselves mm. in that process so one of the things i did say to them is try not to stay alone it's really easy when you're going through a bereavement to just cut yourself off and think that nobody cares nobody's interested nobody understands mm -hmm. so the one of the things i said it's to make contact to go for a walk even if you at first just start with just sitting in your garden, just going to your front door and saying hello to one person, to, you know, to find somebody that you can really talk to and be and open up to about how you're feeling about it. So that's the first thing when it comes to bereavement, not stay limited time by yourself to to talk to people, to find a group to find somebody to open up. And the same with the loneliness. It's hard sometimes to admit that you're lonely, but it's to find at least one person. Take up a new hobby, take mm -hmm. up an activity, um, whatever it is, open up to somebody and talk. Listen to the radio, like what we're doing now. Get in touch with someone on the radio. Send a message in. Because it could be anonymous. So you might not want people to know that it's you. But you can send in messages in the radio, like um, this show, an anonymous message about something. And as you're saying that, again, sometimes I forgot to do that at the top of the show. Um, if you did want to contribute to our programme today, you've got any thoughts on what we're talking about, or any tips that you want to share, um, please, you can email us at studio at adventageradio.london, um, or you can text us on 8228, write hope, and then your message. 
You can also WhatsApp us as well on 0745 So do contribute. We'd love to hear from you. As Dorothy said, sometimes just sharing your thoughts can be a way of making those connections. Hmm. There's one um, a person that did attend. She was from the community and she doesn't mind me sharing this. She came back after we spoke about I think it was loneliness or was it very and she came back and she said last week was the best week I've had in my life since I lost my husband wow because she'd attended this group and what she got she used some of the tips she'd been out she had been out she had um, made new friends by coming to the group she had yeah. started to talk and be open and honest. She said it was the best week in her life because she tried some of the tips. Mm. So they, they're simple and they're yeah. basic. But in one week, she came back and she said, that was the best week I've had since I lost my partner. Wow. Wow. So it's simple ones. Zenia, when you mm -hmm. ask the questions, I try to keep it simple. Right. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, and as you as you're saying that, um, I know I've been sort of speaking to a few people um, who had attended um, just to kind of get some feedback of what their experience was. And um, I spoke to one gentleman. There wasn't many men that attended, I understand. But he was saying, you know what, actually, I may not necessarily feel I have some of those particular issues. However, he was quite, you know, he felt it, it was really important. You could see the benefit because people were really talking and sharing, as you said. Um, and actually it kind of raised his own awareness of maybe what's going on and actually gave him some ideas of what he can do going forward as well. Because as much as you may think you're not impacted now, maybe at some point later on you may do. So there's definitely always something to learn from that. So, um, so definitely that. And also, you know, I got um, a message from Sister Bennett as well, actually. Um, she's actually away mm. getting some sunshine mm. <laughs> over in Spain so shout out to Sister Bennett I think I'm not sure if Sister B is listening but mm. I know Andrea was her daughter mm. um, and she was saying that you know for her it, you know she liked Dorothy's style she was very calm allowed each person to speak and express themselves without feeling pressured and as you said some of these topics are really are pretty quite heavy mm. um, you know people may have got quite emotional about certain things or you know and but they felt comfortable enough to mm. do that even under those sort of circumstances. Um, she also mentioned the same sort of example that you used with that, um, that lady there as well. Um, you know, she was almost like a different person, more cheerful, more upbeat. Um, and again, you know, she was recognised that she wants to do things more with her life, recognising that actually, and I guess, you know, gentle encouragement mm. to be able to say, you know what, despite my situation, I can still thrive, I can still enjoy life. Um, mm. And it was a complete change. And she said, you know, this is a powerful example of the positive impact of the programme. Um, and it made us more aware that there's a definite need for these sort of programmes mm. as well. Yeah. Especially with so much sadness in the world. Mm. The idea of being able to come together to share um, mm -hmm. and, you know, feel and deal, recognise that you're not alone to deal with some of these things as well. So thank you, Sister Bennett, for that feedback on mm -hmm. there as well. Um, and because of the feedback, like you were saying, Sonia, and they are deep questions, we and Joan and I are going to be talking about doing um, a longer term workshop just on loneliness and bereavement. Yes. 
because like you said it can run deep and what we try to do what i try to do when i'm facilitating it is to make it um, participant led so they tell us what they need and what subjects they want and they mm -hmm. bring the questions to us and we support them through that we felt that was really really effective cool. we also had a, the, the um intergenerational one yeah. whereas another member of the mental health team she's a younger woman she's um at university studying psychology she also helped facilitate and was a participant of it. I think you got some feedback from her, Angela. I, I did. Um, she gave us a general thing, but I did ask her, went back to her and asked her a couple of questions. And one of the questions I asked her was, what was her kind of perception of older people? Now, um, we haven't really touched much on this, but there are sometimes stereotypes or myths or what have you around the things that um, seniors do or say. And she said that um, her perception was that they were completely obedient to instructions, which I thought was really interesting. <laughs> I thought they had the same recognition of authority as they expect from younger people. She was surprised, however, that in the group situation, they were just like teenagers, which, Dorothy, you said that earlier Like you well. mentioned, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they would get distracted, natter away, tell jokes among themselves. So often, sometimes had to be reminded to stay focused, um, which I thought was really interesting. Once a man, and, twice a time. I know, right? Absolutely. And you're kind of thinking, you know. Um, yeah. It's interesting how our perceptions of people, and you know, not that we're all the same, obviously there mm. are differences, mm. but from a younger person, that's a perception. Um, and I think she's then went on to say, you know, she thought, you know, older and younger people can connect more by doing the sort of things that she did, getting involved, attending activities and clubs together. Um, and making sure that you listen to each other's experiences and you get to understand, you get to bond. Um, with each other. Um, I also asked her why she thought it was important to address seniors' mental health. And she said, you know what, they're members of the community too. I think sometimes older people could sometimes become forgotten. Mm. You know, maybe they're not as involved in certain things that are happening, whether it's in the church or in the local communities. But, you know, they are... And sometimes she said, she mentioned actually that they're often referred to as a silent generation. Mm. So again, yeah. it's really important mm. that we include everybody we talk about inclusion diversity etc but it's very easy to forget people you know especially if they sit silently not as involved mm. um but it's you know our older members are valued they should be included and their mental well-being is just as you know important and also some of the things that maybe we're addressing and that they can share their experiences can be beneficial for them. It's like, you know, they're passing down their own knowledge and what oh, have yeah. you. So, Joan, did you have something you wanted to add to that there? Just to say that the safe space that was um, emphasised was when they were invited and found that the, it was a church, pro, um, church um, premises, they didn't think it would be as welcoming as it was. They thought they would have to be sick, like straight laced, can't relax, can't talk, can't joke. So when they came, they found that it was quite the opposite as to what they were expected. Mm. So that's why they were able to be relaxed and um, free to speak, especially with um, what Dorothy talked about, having the rules and let them make the rules themselves. So that is more owner, self-owned rather than mm. redictating. Mm. 
And the other things yeah. that we did to make it safe, if you remember, Joan, when, when I got in there, they, they were in rows. You know, like you do on a, on a church morning, everybody's one behind the other. And I went, no, 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 get rid of all of that. Let's have a circle here. Mm-hmm. Let's have a circle. Get rid of every, yeah. all the barriers and you just sit so we're all together. No one hides. And you saw the naughty ones on the row. They went to the back. <laughs> it was really strange. Some people took the back seats. So rather, I'm not going to say come to the front. Oh, wow. If we're in a circle, then yeah. we're all here together. Yeah. It's mm. one. We're here to hold each other. Yeah. Not you know, so I think that helped them as well. But it was really important to say, no, no, we want to listen to you. You talked about listening and the silent generation. Sometimes I think that they feel that they're not going to be listened to, mm. or sometimes they they might feel that we don't think what they've got to say matters. So it was really important to, say, to encourage every member. That's the other thing we did, wasn't it, John? What I did was to encourage them all to talk. And yeah. that's what it was really important to break them down into little groups. And when they were in the smaller groups, I'd go around to each group and I would let the, and encourage them to talk. So they didn't all have to talk in a large group because that's not for everybody. No, no. And one person was so excited. She said she would, she has many appointments after the first session she came. And if it were possible, she would cancel all the appointments <laughs> and be there. <laughs> but because she'd been waiting so long for the appointment, she didn't do that but she was back by the third week mm, that's good yeah getting back to the intergenerational um program they did um, how was obviously sometimes there is that sometimes there is that perception or challenge of younger people and older people connecting sometimes i find that odd really because mm. often I mean, many young people have grandparents they have older people within their families but sometimes there does seem to be a bit of a disconnect Mm. What was the kind of things that came out from that session that you think kind of made a difference or that actually we could take away from that, Mm. actually that dispelled all those myths that actually young and old can get on just fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But what would, you know, how would that happen and how can we sort of take that forward and encourage more younger people or younger people to connect with older and vice versa? Mm -hmm. Um, Joan, do you want to take that one? Do you want me to talk? Um... We, we, we haven't had a chance to do that, to address that openly, but I'm going to base it on past managing the moods mm-hmm. of, of seniors. And what we did in one of the, the workshops was to get the young people to come and interview a senior person. Okay. And we didn't choose those individuals for them. The young people who came had to choose who they wanted to interview and also the interview had to say if they didn't mind by the person who's chosen them so that's something that we need to do to match people up in the future for 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 all the sessions that we we want to have and so that would help us to have to do some groundwork to talk to the young people as to what would encourage them to come and attend the name autumn rose because it autumn itself makes 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 it seems old right so you know that might put people, young people off. So I don't know, but um, we're looking into that. I don't know if I'm sure if you've got any, uh, yeah, anything to add to that. Yeah. So when we did it as well the other day, again it was a thing like um, they don't want to listen to us, they don't think we're important. Um, That's what the older people are saying. Yes, that yeah. the younger people they don't listen to us, they don't think what we've got to say is important they're too busy 
they're always on their phones, they're on their gadgets, they're, you know, things like that. They felt left out. No one's talking to me. And it was like, well, what is it that you can bring? And encourage them what they did, you know, what them talking there today. I said, how difficult was that for you? Because, you know, I was saying, I actually shared with them what it was like when I worked with the teenagers and that they're similar, mm. similar characteristics. You're funny. You guys have got a sense of humor. How much times do you give that? Let other people see that you're just doing it here mm. with your peers. But maybe if you let other people, the younger generation, that you're funny, you've got so much to offer other oh, yeah. people. Yeah, you've got life. Yeah. You've got life. We've all got stories. You guys have real stories. But if you don't value them, then it's going to be hard for you to share it. So you need to value that you value yourself and that you do your stories are important. And share them. Sit down and say to them, come on, let's go for a walk. Let's talk. You know, when you go to church, say hi to a younger person because they feel like you sometimes that nobody wants to listen to them. So the same fears that the older generation have of the younger generation, the younger generation have the older, you, they don't, the older people think that they don't want to listen to them. Right. They don't trust them. It's a similar thing. And it's to encourage them to look back to when they were younger. Yes. How did they feel? Yeah. Yeah. And going from that as well, um, so shout out to Annabelle, who she's my mention her but um, she asked her as well, about that in terms of you know what was your experience like and how how can some of the things you may be learnt and perspective you got from that you can kind of relate to your own look after your own mental health and well-being and she said you know she recognized that there are parallels between young people and older people and the things they struggle with you know we've talked about loneliness often young people feel lonely Mm. as well um, or they feel that they can't talk about things because they're under so much pressure to look or be a certain way. So they stay silent and don't say anything. Mm. So often there is this, you know, there's parallels with the same sort of struggles or challenges, etc. So she said that she felt she gained a real different perspective. There's a lot to be learned from mm. that. So, you know, definitely something to encourage mm. um, you know, however you do that. But as you said, Dorothy, do connections and the idea of coming together with a club you know, like I said, tea and talk, food and drinks, all those things mm. are really helpful. So thank you for those young people that you've got in your team who did mm. get involved in this project um, as well, because definitely you can see that it did make a difference. Mm. So have you got anything to add on that? Well, just to echo what, what was said, I mean, there is so much wisdom to be had. And I, uh, I myself, I love to sit at the feet of, of my elders. Mm. I mean, the stories, the knowledge that mm. they can pass on, I mean, saves us a lot of mistakes, really, if mm. we could listen and learn. Um, from their own mistakes, you know, mm. um, and I think our, our young people need to learn to value that and appreciate that. Uh, just maybe about a month or two ago, I spent a weekend myself and a partner. Um, we spent a weekend with one of our elders and she'd been married for upwards of 40, 40 50 years. Mm. And, you know, she's, she invited us up by her and, you know, it was an amazing time. She lives up the seaside and we spent time with her and it was just a weekend of counsel, mm. you know, make sure you do this, make sure you do that. And I'm like, what? No, that's for him to do, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it was a lot of back and forth yeah. and a lot of talking and hashing it out. And it was just a weekend well spent. Mm. And our young people just need to realize that and acknowledge that. And as you said, Dorothy, our elders need to understand the value that mm. they bring to the table. Mm. Um, I was just so appreciative. I think we left there 
stronger than we we arrived yes well also um in order for our both age group and uh, anyway let me not go there but both it, it it it's up to us as well to value both age group and make yeah. a connection with them so if yeah. we're just keeping ourselves to ourselves and not interacting with them then when it comes to chastisement because seniors seem to think they have that authority to chastise you when they've not even spoken to you before <laughs> wanting to tell you yes, off yeah. you know so for me i would love for us to be more loving more um caring you know and and go back to the days when we used to invite people to our homes in the mm -hmm. church you know and and that's what young people are not um pleased about because they see they only meet in church and then they they form a picture of you and they think that they can't approach you mm -hmm. and then you the, the senior feel that because you are the, are the adults you can tell me what's what's your skype doing up there mm -hmm. you know i'm not going away from the topic but i'm talking about building a relationship so that we can know that each of us have a part to play in our lives mm -hmm. but holistically mm -hmm. it's all about taking everything into um into our consideration so that the, the stages that we're going through we don't forget it but we pass it on and some of us as as grandparents as well need to also um interact more with their own grandchildren alone other children mm. in the churches you know interesting. So, it's interesting yeah okay. to do there definitely but it can be done and yeah. as you said there's so many similarities that it's it's amazing, you know, when you're telling me that they're naughty elders who are looking mm. to sit in the back of the room, I'm like, what? Yes. <laughs> and that they're chatting away. They're chatting and they're like... away. I mean, my imagery has just gone shot, you know. And, and, and but, what yeah, I found... We, if we don't spend the time together, we won't realise that, you know, the differences yeah. are, are, are little. Yes. Compared yeah. to the similarities and what Absolutely. we can learn from each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally agree. I learned a lot as well. I really learned a lot. I absolutely loved um, it it was draining at some stage but that's a challenge for me which is great because again it's expectations i'm thinking oh they're older they're going to sit quietly and listen but why should they mm. why should they why am i putting that on them that they should be yes i'm encouraging them to be themselves with themselves is okay you think you're in charge then be in charge and that's great how do what did I learn from that? Mm -hmm. How could I work with them to still make them feel comfortable, but to also mm -hmm. let them get engaged? And that so mm -hmm. it was it was a challenge, but it was a great challenge. And if we're all open and we don't have this expectation that the older people are like this or the younger people are like that, let's just embrace people. Mm -hmm. People are people. We are all people, and we want to love and work together and encourage and support individuals. And, and for the senior ones to recognize their value. Mm. It's really important. And one of the things I said, you know, as older people, sometimes we're so straight faced. I think Joan touched on this. You know, we, we're not, it's hard for someone to come up and, and speak to you because you look angry. Yeah. Even when you're not, you're looking mm. a particular way. You're not inviting. Yeah. So just be aware of your demeanor when you're walking around. Smile. Say hi. You know, if you 
then people feel like, oh, I can talk to them. Yeah, I want to hear from them. But if you're not invited, then people will find it more difficult to come and talk and open up. Mm. As you're saying that as well, because I was kind of moving into kind of what other tips and things we can kind of encourage old senior what's the term we should be using seniors twilighters all of those um um, you know what kind of things can they do you've mentioned you've talked you've talked a few about a few things in terms of some of the things that's come out from the workshops but in terms of older people looking after their mental health and well-being definitely talking making connections um joan you've mentioned about exercise um, you know, that was part of your remit in terms of the club as well. Are there any other things that you would suggest and can encourage our listeners um, to kind of, you know, help them look after and strengthen their own mental health and well-being, and also those people who are supporting them as well to encourage them? Do you have any, between the two of you, have any sort of other tips that mm. may have come from the workshops or mm. just the work that you've been doing with the project, Joan, mm. and with the club, I should say? Yeah, well, a few things that's come to mind, and it's about um, self-care, and self-care is important in the sense of the majority of our race and culture, especially when we have a family, we put ourselves out of the picture and we give our all mm. to our children and husband. Mm-hmm. And, when, and wait until when the children have grown up, married, and then you're, you're alone. What do you do with your your time? What do you do with yourself? That's another thing I found that came out of the, the recent um, workshop that we've had, you know, because they're now on their own and they, they didn't have a hobby because church was their hobby. Mm-hmm. So they look forward to coming to church. And because um, of our religion, our practices as Seventh-day Adventists, People tend to think they can't do anything outside of that. Right. You know, they, they can't go to parties, they can't go to clubs, which of course we know that, but they've got to be selective. So what sort of things is out there for me? The community have a, a plethora of activities and um, um, what do they call it? Clubs that they can join and that and and fight to find themselves and to find what their hobby is or what they can do to keep themselves occupied. So it's it's all about where do they place themselves. And where would they find? Where would people find that information like that? Library. The libraries, okay. Yeah, the, yeah. the libraries are a lot of information, and their local um, authority. So yeah. once we're Croydon, they just need to go on their website. The local council, you know? okay. And there are lots of um, forum now, and um, there are lots of Age UK site. They just need to type in because most pe- most people have got some form of digital phone, yeah, yeah, or, or access to it. And a lot more people are encouraging their young, their their, their great grand. It's not the grandchildren that's helping them now. It's the great grannies helping the mm. seniors to get more familiarized with technology. They um, can also help them to access that through um, friendship, online friendship, although they've got to be careful. So, you know, we we recommend people to different sites that they can go to. Even learning um, sewing is another area that people have picked up again. Arts Mm -hmm. and craft, you know. 
Mm. Um, yeah. History, knowing your history and okay. ancestry is another area that these widely promoted outside of the church. And, yes. and we in the church need to be a bit more flexible by encouraging our, our folks as well. So we've got our bulletin. So our church bulletin, and any church bulletin, they can also put some tips in there. Yep. Mm. Acknowledging the seniors so that they it's, know that they're being thought about. It's noted. I shall pop that in. <laughs> Stop doing that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But as you say that, I mean, I regularly, that's one thing I do like with um, the mental health team. Every week they do have they put an yeah. image with a different message and again mm. you know want to encourage obviously the different parts to do that but that's a really good mm. a good way of doing that as well um, yeah so because we've got 20 oh, more than 24 departments in our churches all of our churches because we, if we're practicing the corporate identity of Seventh-day Adventism we should be following the same pattern mm. so if if we start to work together so that we're not struggling individually as departments we would be more united and we wouldn't be so um, thinking that it's your baby or my baby, but it's all our baby right, so yes. that it becomes more strengthened. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Some of the other tips that I could offer is to say to, um, if, you, if you're not working any longer, have a routine. Every day, have a routine. Again, it's basic things. Get up, have something to get up for. Mm-hmm. So you may do your devotion, say your prayers. And even if you don't do that, each day I said to the group, say two or three things you're grateful for. Mm. As you wake up in the morning, just say two or three things you're grateful for. Your physical health is important. Drink a lot of water. How you start the day is going to impact the rest of your day. So if you get up, and you're grateful for something and also you're drinking water there's a lot of feedback here mm-hmm. isn't there you you make sure that you're drinking water um there's an acronym and i'm not going to tell you what it means because it's it's homework for our listeners okay new start oh, yeah. something mm-hmm. that the adventist church we we practice so i'm not going to say but i'm just going to say to listeners to to find out what new start is and then you can message us and if you find out let us know what new start is what what's the acronym what what does that mean but some of the things may be to get up go out go for walks speak to one person every day whether it's by phone internet or in person the other things you're saying where do we where can they find this information pop into your GP mm-hmm. your GP surgeries will have this information because yeah. some people will take it some people don't want to use the internet they may have phones they don't want to say to the grand or the great grandchildren tell me how to do it because that might be annoying just and it gets you out of the house walk to the GP speak to the receptionist walk to the library speak to um, a librarian get out of the house and ask people so these are a few basic tips conversation what you eat what you drink how you start have a routine every day and i can guarantee you that it will help you mentally 
And also, yeah. just and as I'm going to add to that, I mean, you talked about the devotion, you know, doing your devotions and what have you. A club like this um, and projects like this, how does that also enable and benefit your spiritual lives as well? Now, Joan, you talked a little bit, you know, you pray together. Um, you know, we're trying to stay well. It's in a church context. But how does this also enhance our spiritual life? I mean, is this in a, another form of encouragement? Um, we, we, to answer that, we purposely have a devotion every time we meet. Okay. And um, we ask the permission of our community attenders how they feel with their mind. And they give us their permission and blessing. And when one week we didn't have it. We, and um, they were not pleased. They wanted to know why we weren't having it. Okay. <laughs> yes. And that is because the person who was asked to do it hadn't come. Right. And um, they didn't get to communicate that early enough. So so we, we had to um, improvise. But it just shows you that even though they, they may not be um, part of our church community, people still need guidance. And we need to let them know and see how the Bible relate to their life, to their daily lives. Mm-hmm. And that is not inanimate. Yes, the Bible itself is inanimate, but the instructions is admonition to our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other yeah. one of the other things that we did was in, it was where well, we were talking about loneliness and it, I guess we're also saying to encourage the churches to be open more than once or twice a week yeah. so we told them what was happening in the church so we open on a Tuesday we open on a Wednesday for prayer meeting we open on a Sabbath so that's at least three days of a week so we're saying at least three days a week you can attend our church right. but we're also encouraging churches to open up their doors more often every day try and see if there's a you know have a reason for the church to be open because people will attend because they are alone. Um, but yeah, it's really important for us to have little activities because it's not just, we're talking about elder folks now, but when we look around us and what's been happening recently, the young people don't have anywhere to go. Mm. And maybe if we opened up our doors a little bit more for them as well, yeah. you know, it, it, you would see that the churches will be filled, not just on the day to worship, but on other days. Yeah, and again, it's yeah. it's about meeting the needs, and it's about meeting people's needs, isn't yeah. it? It's uh-huh. about meeting the needs, whether it's the church members or your local community, people in your local area. So, as we've mentioned, that you know, how can churches set up a group like this? Now, I know Joe, this has been going for over twenty years, and the challenges that you may have had then. Uh, may be very different now but you know what kind of we talked to we learned a little bit at the beginning of the show um but you know how can people start this and i guess some of the key things just from what you've sort of said is to you know get people together have a plan and i guess consistency but that you know making sure it doesn't just fizzle out because sometimes the intentions are good but you know you need the commitment everything else but you know is there anything else that you kind of think is going to be really key to setting up a group like this or to kind of run projects like Dorothy has done well I think the community needs to buy into it want it right yeah so somebody in the community so before Joan was talking about she she wanted to do it and there were a group of um, people at Ballam that wanted to set up something and Joan had the expertise and worked with them. Sister Bennett went to Joan and said, look, this is what she thinks is missing. So people want need to want to do it. And I know that a few of the other churches are doing like the the, um, 
silver years, golden years, autumn rose type okay. clubs. Yep. They are doing it. And it's to maybe, initially, you can talk to Joan. Mm-hmm. You can talk to Joan. Go and visit. That's what I would say. Visit other clubs in the community. You might not you live near Balham, but there are other clubs in the community that are like this. Go and visit it. The council have funding for um, projects like this. And it's to connect with the community, your local authority, your church. Speak to your pastor. Yeah. Speak to your pastor. That's yeah, so, really um, important. So in, in addition to, to, to those things, the, the physical things that we need to think about, people, that's the resource. Mm-hmm. And people of like mind or, or, or would buy into the idea. Mm-hmm. So you... And, and before you set up the committee, you first of all need the people. Mm. So how many of you are there going to be? Yeah, and who is interested? Um, once you've done that, you then have to um, submit if you don't have your own premises, because when you don't have your own premises, you need to hire premises outside. Who's going to pay for it? So right. you need to think of a budget. You need to have people. You need to think, how long do you think this would take to set up or to implement? Who are the people that we need to talk to? Right. Yeah, because those are the key people that you need to get on board, first of all, so that the barrier for it to be granted permission will be minimal. Yeah. Right. So, um, so, so, and is it going to be long term or is it just short term? Who are the target people? Yeah, the target audience, so whether it's seniors like now or Gen Z, because they are the priority Mm. at the moment, Mm. yeah. And um, the the, the different generation. Yeah. So you've got to think of people, budget, um, how you're going, well, the budget is how you're going to fund it. And usually it's good to get people who are already experienced. So you're looking for accountants, you're looking for secretary, right. you're looking for um photographer, yeah, someone who's going to, to do your um media, yeah, your publicity. So all of those areas are the ones that you need to take take on board. Take on board. Oh. oh, we're losing a slightly Joan. Um, um that's right, you're back. To, to, Secretary, you need a secretary definitely as well. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm being disturbed. That's okay. I was going to say, as you're yeah. saying all of those things, this is, I guess this is also another way that other people can get involved as well in terms of yes. volunteering and helping out. There are yeah. so many skills, that often there are many people with so many skills within our churches and yes. that definitely something yeah. like this is where they could actually volunteer, hopefully volunteer their time um, and put those mm. skills to good use and obviously you know sharing their own knowledge as well and in yeah. the process learn from it as well mm-hmm. from this experience mm-hmm. um, yeah. so yes yeah, so that's a key thing so Joan obviously you've been you've been running one of the leaders of um, the Autumn Rose for a very long time for you what was your what's what was your main takeaway from this project um, how you experienced it and you know how has it benefited you as well because sometimes when you know you you, wow, you have an idea of something and then you something comes you know it hopefully comes to fruition, um, did it achieve what you set out to achieve? You know how has it impacted you? One hundred percent. Because the eight of us who initially put it in place, I didn't know that we were still going to be together all this time. Right. Right. Mm. 
So two, two of the eight is not, no longer with us, as I said earlier. Mm. So, so that was a godsend. So that happened because our minds were on the same path. Mm. Yeah. So that kept the consistency, right? So, the, the, yeah, I won't name anybody because you, I might forget. Anyway, so, so that's what I got out of it. And, and I got out of it for myself, which I didn't intend it because I, I, I just wanted to do things for others and myself never came into the picture. Mm -hmm. Of course, myself have to be there because I have to do the work, yeah? But to, but to become discouraged, no, I didn't get discouraged. I've, my strength grew, my personal development grew from strength to strength because also representing the church and the club in the community Oh, looks like we've we've lost her. Oh, no, she's back. <laughs> confidence to um to, to to represent the church was a was an honor. Yeah, you know because I had been re um representing the club in the community for about six years before I felt confident to even mention um about the Ballon Church. I spoke about my Christianity, but I never said that I was Seventh Day Adventist. Okay. And one day I, t I attended one of their committee meetings and when I attended, um, everybody stood up when I arrived and into the room. And I was horrified. I'm thinking, why are you all standing up? And they said, oh, well, the clergy has walked in. So we've got to acknowledge the clergy. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm thinking, wow, where did you get that from? It says, you are a dog, a dark horse. They says, you've never told us that you're in a local church. And so, you know, that sort of thing. And mm. I, I really am the worst person to ask about myself, you know, because I can't, I'm very, very humble and very um, shy, you know. So you don't know when Dorothy asked me, <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be like this. She said I was going to be on Zoom like everybody else. <laughs> and it's been fantastic having you here sharing, Jones. So, um, Whilst you may say you're shy, I'll pretend I didn't hear that one. So, you I know. Am, honestly, I am shy. <laughs> Just like me. So shy. So shy. But no, um, it sounds like, you know, it's been a positive experience over the period of time. Yes. Um, yeah. Definitely yeah. good for your own mental well-being, um, yeah. you know, whether it's from the topics that you've been looking at or just from the supportive the supportive nature and the connections that you've made and the friendships that you've made over the years as well, you yeah. know. Um, so what plans, what have you got coming up going forward? We're coming to, <laughs> rapidly coming to the end of the show mm. as per usual. Oh. Um, but we can always do a part two. There's always going to be a part two. We say this every time. Because um, again, we start these conversations and we definitely want to keep them going. So what yeah. is, what's it planned for Autumn Rose? What's coming up? Dorothy? For autumn rose, I can tell you for mental health, but you, maybe you need to talk. To it's anything particular. I mean, obviously, I'm hoping you've mentioned we're, it before we're about going to do the projects. We will well, be well, meeting together and deciding how to because it's what we did find out was, like I said earlier, we the older people need timeline, right? So, if we're promising them something, we're going to do it. We how long for, right? So, we need a period of time where we can say, right, let's do another six weeks. So there will be that from the mental health and well-being department. We will be offering another six weeks. But okay. more imminently, 
tomorrow at Ballam Church, if anyone's available and anybody wants to attend, we are having, like we said, this week has been mental health. Um, We had mental health day and what was it? Meet and greet type situation. Tea and talk. Right. Yeah. Tomorrow at Ballam, we're actually going to, we are having, we're opening up for the, the same group to attend and we're having like a little tea party. Oh, lovely. We're having them to come and talk and again, have a little light refreshments. So we've opened it up to them. And we also have run a food back on, bank on tomorrow at Ballam. So we're inviting people that do attend there to come in and have a chat. Okay. So that's what we're going to do imminently. But also we're going to be joining, I know Autumn Rose will be joining up with other departments of the church, health, community services, um, and arranging similar type work as well okay. and the woman ministry as well yeah. but okay. at the same time um th- this is a thank you for their efforts and their participation for coming out that's what's happening tomorrow so we hope they take the opportunity to come i know it's on a sunday but at the same time we can't do everything on tuesday and tuesday is yeah. the only day that we've been given to have the premises for our time, which is usually from 11 to 3, but we've only been finishing up half 1, 2 o'clock. Okay. So, you know, we have to um, bear that in mind. Okay, so, so we it... just, just wanted to see that we, we're not just there to dictate to them or yep. to talk at them and have them restricted, but just for them to come and network with each other. So for the Autumn Rose Club that runs on a Tuesday, what time, so if anybody's interested in it, if they'd like to attend, so that's Tuesday from what time to what time? From 11 to 12 o'clock is the exercise session. Okay. And then from 12.30 to 1.30 is the workshops, which based on a, a plethora of activities, but the activities are usually um, six weeks at a time. But at the moment we have having three weeks um, health and well-being, which is the cooking part of the around okay. the eating healthily is, is based. And if what people we're focusing at the moment, okay. And if people wanted more information, would it be a case of going to the Ballam Church website? Is there information on there? It is. Yes. Okay. So that's yeah. ballam.adventistchurch.org.uk, and you can find information yeah. there. Um, so. Yeah. Thank you both, ladies. Like I said at the beginning, actually, I didn't say at the beginning, I forgot that. I was reminded that it's also Black History Month and we're celebrating our sisters. And we have two strong sisters here um, with us who've joined us today. So I really appreciate um, you taking your time and sharing with us the impact and the projects the project you've been running and the impact that it's been having on people's lives ultimately um, and the differences that you can make um, sometimes by starting small and seeing how that can grow and making those connections so um, I really appreciate you being with us Um, we're coming to the end of our show Oh, two hours always go so quickly. Well, sometimes I'm always tempted, should it be longer? Mm. And then we think different and think, ah, oh, maybe not. It's always a part two, always for another conversation on that one. Um, so what we want to do, um, we're going to pray to close um, and to kind of bless the projects and the work that you guys are doing. Um, and then I'm going to end out with um, a song, I guess, in ode of our senior members from Shelley Caesar. So... Um, saying he'll do it again. Um, I want to thank you all for joining us here today. Um, so we're going to close. I'm going to answer any to pray for us. Um, and then I'll we'll finish and close. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to share Isaiah 46.4. I found it very reassuring. 
even to your old age mm. and gray hairs. I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. Yes, that's a I good thought That was a very reassuring um, yeah, absolutely. promise. And mm. maybe I shall post it somewhere on my, my screen. But yes, uh, God is good and he's able to keep us right through to the end. Um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, once again, we know we have tackled a huge topic and um, we're very happy that we have started the conversation. Mm -hmm. Give us the grace and the wisdom to continue it. Um, Lord, be with uh, Joanne and Dorothy, uh, who have taken the time to, to have this conversation with us. Bless them and the wonderful, wonderful work that they do. Um, we also want to pray for our elders, our, our seniors. We, we haven't quite found the word yet, Lord, but you know who they are. Um, we pray for them. I know whatever they may be struggling with, whatever they may be battling, we are assured that you have given them the victory. Um, Lord, we also pray that they will get the support that they need and deserve. Lord, we pray that we will have the patience and the kindness and the care that we need for them as well. There's so much that we can learn at their feet. Um, Lord, give them the courage to speak up as well, to voice their concerns and to seek the support that they need. Bless them, bless us with health and strength and more abundant years. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 I didn't get to share Isaiah, Hebrew 5 and verse 14 which is about the five senses. Oh, right. Okay. Well, definitely, if there's any more resources, um, do let us know um, yeah. when the shows are podcasted. We can always add some um, information into um, the descriptions there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and definitely, you know, this we could be talking about this. There's so much that we could cover um, around this as well. You know, we had so many questions and different things, areas we could talk about. So we could definitely have you guys back on again. Um, so once again, I really want to thank you guys for your time and for joining us on Talking Point. It's been fantastic. I hope you have listeners out there and um, we've enjoyed the show um, and we'll join us again next week. Uh, we're continuing um, around Black History and hopefully we're going to do a health one actually um, around... Um, menopause, which again is a timely topic. Um, we're coming up to, I think it's International Menopause Day. Um, and as we know, people are getting older. For women, this is a um, an area. And I know it's been qu kind of quite, there's been a lot of media attention around it more recently. So again, we're going to be looking at that. So do join us again. So thank you so much. Um, enjoy the rest of your evening. Um, do join um Adventist Radio London tomorrow for more live programming. Um, so it's good night for me, Angela. Me, Zanya. Me, Dorothy. Me, Joan. And Pedro, <laughs> get well soon. Um, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to close out with He'll Do It Again by Shirley yes. Caesar. <laughs> thank um, you all very much. <laughs> thank you for joining us and see you thank again. You. Bye. <laughs> You may feel down and feel like God has somehow forgotten That you are faced with circumstances that you can't get through Right now it seems that there's no way out 
Adventist Radio London. Inspiration for the soul.